Pushing back my weekly market review, June 25th, 2023. U.S. stocks enjoyed a difficult holiday-shortened week amid concerns that higher interest rates could cause a slowdown in economic growth both here and abroad, and a sense that stock market professionals may be starting to take profits on mega-cap tech and put the proceeds into bonds. There was a feeling coming into the week that the recent rally had stretched short-term valuations a bit and some cooling off of an overbought condition was to be expected. And that's exactly what we saw. The S&P 500 snapped its five-week winning streak, falling more than 1.4% for its worst week since March. Investors have been yawning at FedSpeak from various Federal Reserve officials and regional presidents, which has gone in one ear and out the other for about a year now. They've been indulging in a FOMO AI-led rally since March and scornfully dismissing the idea of interest rate-related economic pain and an earnings-wrecking recession. They are essentially saying that they simply don't share the Fed's ongoing caution and are choosing to disregard it. One side or the other is going to be very wrong here and will have to back down from their current position. Markets would love a definitive or clear signal from the Fed that the end of the rate hiking cycle has arrived, but they're not even getting a sniff. Last week, we saw the launch of an onslaught of Fed speak specifically aimed at pushing back on this stock market skepticism, particularly when Fed Chair Jerome Powell told a House panel that he fully expects more interest rate increases ahead because getting inflation under control has a long way to go, while also saying that the frequency of increases would be more moderate than the fast and furious rate back-to-back-to-back hikes of the previous 15 months. He described the idea of two more rate hikes this year as a pretty good guess. The comments were clearly intended to press home the message that the Fed's June inaction was very much a pause and very not a halt. Other central banks around the world were also scrambling last week to regain their credibility with a constant drumbeat of attempts to shock markets into believing in stickier inflation and a long, hot summer of ongoing interest rate rises in response. Turkey, which long ago lost the battle to restore any kind of investor trust and is now basically a financial basket case, raised interest rates to 15%. In the UK, core inflation is at its highest level since Sir Mixalot pointed out that baby got back in 1992 and food inflation there is currently running at over 18% per year. British bond markets are now even frothier than they were during the chaotic times of Liz Truss's unhinged 49-day reign as Prime Minister last year. Of the top 25 economies in the world, only Argentina and Turkey currently have a higher level of inflation than the UK. The Bank of England reacted with a half percent hike in interest rates, as did the Central Bank of Norway. The BOE made it clear that at least three more rises were in the hopper, which is terrifying variable mortgage holders who do not have access to long-term fixed rate products like in the US. 
Meanwhile, the Swiss Central Bank followed the previous week's example of the European Central Bank and raised by a quarter of a percent and also warned of more hikes soon. The problem with this current consensus view by central banks around the world is that many of the effects of their already implemented rate hikes have not been felt yet in their economies. Rises in interest rates usually take months or quarters to meaningfully impact growth. Additionally, the economic data that policymakers are relying on for their inflation readings is by definition lagging data. Put these two issues together and you can easily see why many feel that the central banks, including the Fed, are risking an overshoot of interest rate rises, which could of itself directly cause a painful global recession. This conclusion is strengthened by that often reliable recession indicator, the deepening inversion of the US yield curve, as measured by two-year interest rates versus 10-year which hit a 40-year high last week with the shorter rate 0.97% higher than the longer rate on Tuesday morning and stayed there all week. On the more optimistic side of things, however, when you look at the important pieces of economic data and track them over recent months, a soft landing, that is inflation eventually conquered without a meaningful recession, still appears more likely than a hard one. There are few signs that the US consumer spending is materially slowing and business spending remains robust. Expectations for the upcoming Q2 2023 earnings season, which kicks off in just three weeks, are quietly ticking higher. To be clear, this analysis does not mean that a hard landing won't happen. But so far, it's evident that it isn't happening. Yes, the economy is most definitely slowing and potential weakness in the service sector and labor market will be significant negatives for growth if they get materially worse. But for now, economic growth is moderating at a pace that is considered consistent with a soft landing. And that's one of the reasons that stocks have proven so resilient in recent weeks.